All right, my man. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it was yesterday that you had sent me a text uh, or messenger uh, saying, wow, that's power. Mm -hmm. Describe for everybody what that was, because I know that obviously it's going to be a bit bittersweet. So what happened yesterday? Mm. So yesterday, let me start from the beginning. Before the rally, it was like, I think John said that it was a 29-4 split decision on the uh, the flavor ban bill, not in our favor. So at, when the rally started, we had six Democratic senators drop off. And then, you know, about an hour and a half in, one of them had come outside to actually film what was taking place outside to bring it inside because they were, you know, deliberating over the bill. And then, you know, a lot of things happened that were positive in our favor that we didn't have happening there before that rally started. And then things went up for a vote today that they did not go very well, unfortunately. But it didn't go as bad as it was originally, you know, forecasted for. You have what I'm saying? So it wasn't good, but it wasn't a slaughter as bad as we thought it was going to be. Like the um, the vehicle piece was taken off the bill. That's no longer a factor. So, you know, that they said that if you're caught with untaxed liquid in Maine, they were going to seize your vehicle and they were going to do all this other crazy stuff. That part's off the bill. But the flavor ban's still in and uh, just about everything that we didn't want to see still happened, too. So walk everybody through just a, a bit about this. So how early was this with regards to, say, Michigan and stuff like that? Was this right after, or did it take a little while for them to, to pull this one out of their pocket? No, this was like, they, they, this happened like right after that, when, it, when they moved it forward, they set it up to be like next day. We had like four days notice to get this off the ground, which is Jeez. insane if you think about it. For the right. turnout that we had, that turnout was amazing for the time that we had. So um, the uh, Trump's decision uh, and so forth didn't seem to make uh, like a difference then? Mm -mm. The Trump's decision didn't seem to make a difference to them. The CDC coming out and saying that it wasn't, you know, e-liquid that did this, uh, none of that mattered to them. In fact, they actually brought up the MSA on the floor, were concerned about losing revenue, and that when they, um, I have it up on the channel now, but when somebody brought to the table and said, hey, listen, you know, we should probably take 10% of these MSA funds we're going to be acquiring to cessation, you know, methods instead of just, you know, spending it on whatever. They uh, they voted that down completely. So it's not about public health. It's not about protecting the kids. It's not about any of that. It's about money. It's literally just about money, nothing more. And it's an absolute travesty what's happening over there right now. There's nothing anybody could have done unless they were going to walk in the room with, you know, a couple hundred million dollars and say, look, how about you don't ban the vapor products and we'll just give you money. That, that, that might have done it. But then every state would want the same. So that's not really a viable solution. So, I mean, you, I'm always skeptical that this whole entire thing is just about money. But your, your sense, the way, way you smelled it, <laughs> to put it that way, it felt like that. Yep, because he was just talking about taking 10% of the MSA payment. He was talking about taking 10% of the fines. He was talking about any of that. 10% of that going towards what it's supposed to be going how it's written. And they struck that down. And they also wanted to try to keep uh, who voted against that kept off record. They put that up too. So it's money. So who voted against that particular part of it? They don't want people to know. Right. So, all right, so then what does this mean now practically uh, for the vaping industry in Massachusetts? So is it, when is it over? What's going to happen? Like, how are they going to shut down? Are cops going to be coming? What's, what's the story? Still got to go up to um, Baker's desk for a sign. 
But interestingly enough, this graced my inbox earlier today. And uh, I think this might be our last chance to uh, to do something about this. So let me lean in because we all know, those that know me know I can't read to save my life. But uh, the public hearing will be held on Friday, November 22nd, 2019 at 10.30 a.m. in the Public Health Council Room, second floor, Department of Public Health, 250 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, the whole thing is basically about the public comment period for the governor's declaration of emergency detrimental public health so they're still having this public hearing even though they just banned it so if there was ever a time to release a public outcry that would be it that that's that's the time because they're going to have no choice but to hear you because it's a public comment period they can't tell you we're not interested in your opinion you you have to you know you don't have a choice so that's what they need to do so we need to push to get that done and have that room filled so much that we could literally body surf across it that's how full and packed that room needs to be of angry but yet well-spoken people and that i think is you know is a interesting question as um somebody who watches this kind of stuff and we're obviously close to it too as well it's an issue mm. that we're passionate about it's hard like so let me bring this back to uh uh november 8th so if the president had dropped a ban that week you know on the mm -hmm. 7th or the 8th and with the rally on the 9th in D.C., you know, what could that have looked like if, you know, uh, a flavor ban had been dropped by the president? So, you know, you don't want to start saying things could get ugly or whatever. But at some point, though, um, does resistance turn into a bit more of a pro like a bit more of a angry thing? I'm oh, yeah. choosing my words because I don't want to. I don't want to characterize. Incite the riot. Yeah, no, we don't want to do that. But no, it's true. You know what I mean? It's at the end of the day, they're going to force the industry with something like that into a black market sector. There's, there's, there's. It's unavoidable because you know, there's one thing over here, as you know, you can't tell an American they can't have something, especially when you don't have a good reason to back it, especially when the reason you're using is something that you fabricated yourself. You know, let's 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 be real here. The CDC knew all along what was causing it. And they lied and lied and lied because we, we've been saying it for, <laughs> what, three, four months now? And then all of a sudden they had this epiphany where it all came out. So they cooked up this entire narrative. And if it went south, that it was going to go south in a way that they could never be prepared for. They don't even have the ability. Look at look at the – let's think about it this way, right? So let's say they have the FDA move forward and go ahead with a full ban. They don't even have the ability right now to keep banned health supplement products off the shelf. Walk into a supplement store. You know, with a list of known popular stuff that's banned, I can guarantee you, you will find it on the shelf. Guarantee it. Without a shadow of a doubt. They don't have the ability to enforce it. So without the ability to enforce it and the ability to stop the black market or any understanding of how that works, it would have been a, you know, a flaming train on wheels. You would have, and you know, all, and there, there, there's no stopping it. There's no conductor. There's no nothing. It's just off. And that would have been it. Yeah, true. Uh, the key thing, though, the feather in their cap is they've got the media in their corner. Mm -hmm. it's, and it's obvious. Oh, it's so blatantly obvious. Look at how they carry themselves. And don't you find it amazing that every time there is a new piece of vape legislation that's about to come out, oh, we've got another, we've got another illness. We have another, another, another dead person that just magically appears into the media, even though it happened two months ago. But you know, now it's a vaping-related death that just props up. New York just did it again. 
they they have bills going out in Suffolk County. They have a couple other things going on over there in three different days, you know, on three different dates. And magically, before all of that comes out and we do our thing, another vaping-related death. And I say that with the largest air quotations because the CDC literally just came out and said that they can't tell the difference between this vaping mysterious illness and the flu. They can't tell the difference between a chemical, you know, uh, fatty water or non-soluble substance in the lungs and a viral infection. I want everybody to take that in for a second. The official health org when it comes to tracking diseases cannot tell the difference between something that's literally in column Z and in column A. They're that far apart in classification and they don't have the ability to tell you the difference between the two and the media is just running with it like this is an acceptable thing in this reality. It's insanity. I totally agree with you because there's o- there was only two explanations as the weeks ticked by and CDC was continuing to lie is either they were lying or they're Mm -hmm. entirely incompetent. But here's the thing. See, you can't go with the incompetency route because they just pinned down where the latest E. coli outbreak came from like that. So I'm not buying they're incompetent. It's a farce. It's a a farce. Look at what look at what look what came out today. For forever they were going. They people scream. You know the powers that be scream that we're going down the harm reduction route. We're lowering the nicotine in cigarettes. Well, guess what? Just so happened to fall through today that it's not happening. They're not lowering the amount of nicotine in cigarettes. It was a lie. It was a giant scam for them to push it along as if they're doing something in the interest of public health. And now that they've hyped up the fear, they've lied their ass off. Guess where we are at now? We are at not lowering the nicotine content in cigarettes and leaving cigarettes as one of the only viable options for smokers on the table because we know the other harm cessation products don't work so you're going to make cigarettes now even harder to quit now that you got the the public right in your greedy little mitts with this master settlement money looming over you because you have to pay those those bonds so your public health is up for sale and they just sold you out under no certain terms yeah, it's so certainly true. true. You know, look at the American Medical Association yesterday coming out unbelievably, right? You know, <laughs> with the hysterics because they, they've lost that. The whole process here was to get Trump to get this ban in place uh, to help them knock this out because they can't keep the death happening, uh, you know, for over an extended period of time. I, I mean, I fully believe that, right? If there was mm-hmm. more death that was happening, something half-related, they would attach it to vaping in a heartbeat because they need to continue. They need the public health emergency narrative. Otherwise, they can't you know, drum up the support that they need to, to take people's civil liberties away. Mm-hmm. And um, so the American Medical Association comes out yesterday and outright ban- immediate removal, but they don't mention cigarettes. And mm-hmm. it, that's the insanity about this. So you, you're happy with cigarettes still being sold, but you've got a problem with e-cigarettes. Yep. Because, you know, let's think about this logically. The tobacco it, tobacco itself is a cash crop. You know, they're, they're kind of trying to sort of move it over to hemp. But in the meantime, those MSA bonds that they sold are still looming overhead. That debt still exists. So they need people to smoke now more than ever because of the interest on top of that, even if everybody went back to smoking as is now, wouldn't pay off what they already owe. So basically, they're saying, look, we're not going to be responsible and deal with this you know, like we should. We're just going to put your health up for sale. You didn't have our permission to leave the market. Your vape's got to go. This money needs to change hands. Your health is the vessel for it, and that's it. And you're all just going to sit down and take it. Uh, that doesn't sit well with me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to accept that. 
It's almost as if um, they've accepted that they need the market. And I liked how you put that. You've left the market and you mm -hmm. weren't allowed to. You didn't Correct. have permission to leave the market. That That's really astute. I like that a lot, Tristan. Thank um, you. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, so there's there's something that I've been kind of working around because you know where I sit politically overall. You know I'm not a big fan of you know the left because they're totalitarian. They're mm -hmm. they're authoritarian and they're hypocrites. So um, but yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Republicans either much. So I, I don't know where I sit. You're a centrist. Way. You're you're normal. Yeah, I'm, I'm more normal. I'm definitely on the, the center right, but you know, I'm I'm for free speech. I'm for people to be able to do what they want. Though, however, I've got issues with you know, a homeless sleeping on the streets. I I don't think the solution is give away free heroin, but that there's an argument there that could be made, and I'm open to that debate because that's what I do. And you know, unlike other polls in these issues, they just turn their their brains off and they don't they don't listen. I bring this up though because. I want to mention that a, uh, 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 a, a Marxist critique of capitalism uh, is one that says that there's always got to be a certain amount of structural unemployment in a capitalist system, otherwise the system can't work. And, uh, you know, from Milton Friedman to anybody down, you know, top economists, they'll, they'll agree with you. There, there needs to be a certain amount of structural unemployment or the system right. doesn't work. So I see the big, I see the tobacco control, the, the tobacco control mafia and the tobacco control industry that's, you know, wrapped around it that they've got. They need a certain amount of structural smoking. Correct. Otherwise, the system won't work. And Correct. vaping has threatened that chunk that will that brings down the economics of tobacco control. Well, it's not just that. I mean, even if you look at it as like all the health orgs that have to go work a nine to five, if you removed all, the, you know, That's they'd have to go back to work in their regular nine to five. You know what I mean? They, they wouldn't be able to do what they're doing. The anti-tobacco zealots wouldn't have a reason to exist. So that propaganda is not going to stop. Um, all this nonsense on just that alone is just a small portion of it. You have to look at the, the health aspect of it as well. If Americans are healthy and they're living longer, that means the pharmaceutical complex is threatened. I ain't going to have that either. You know, the, the, you, you got to understand that there is no treatment in the cure. I'm sorry, there's no there's no profit in the cure. There's there's only profit in the treatment. I mean, think about it. You hear every once in a while, you'll hear new cancer cure found. This thing, modified virus, kills cancer dead. All four out of the news, gone. You're never to be seen again, right? right. Never to be seen again. We we've seen we've seen it all our lives. Why is that? Well, look at the ridiculous amount of money that goes into cancer treatments. What is one of the leading causes of cancer? Smoking. So when you remove that from the market, then you have to worry about the other part of the pharmacy market, the pharmaceutical market. That's the harm reduction products, your your gums, your patches, the, the new nicotine inhaler. All these things are a multi-billion dollar industry directly competing with us that are owned by well, Big Pharma. So you have this entire economic infrastructure basically set up to ensure its own survival through litigation that the people that are profiting from it now set up and are acting like they had nothing to do with its creation. Look at Matt Myers, the head of campaign for tobacco-free kids. He he wrote the, the, the bill that made the master settlement agreement a thing, and he walked away from it with a nice, hefty nonprofit that he yeah. sits in charge of, damning us all to death. 
<laughs> that, it's yes, insane. I know, I know. In a way, there should be no surprise here um, because, you know, many of the people, and, I, and I'm going to be grossly, you know, overgeneralized here, but I stand by it and I will stand by it forever. You know, that whole side that we're fighting against, 90% of them, and I'm being generous, are all a part of the climate change hysteria too. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, no wonder they get us a Greta. How dare you? How dare you? And that's right. That's what they're doing to us. How dare you leave the market? How exactly. dare you find your own solution to smoking? Exactly. You're right. right. You're exactly right. They, that's the thing. I've learned that when they prop a child up, their argument is crap, no matter what it is, because it's the weakest and what they, what most people would look at as, oh, we got them now. We got a kid to stand behind. Nobody will attack the children. Maybe it's time we start. I mean, look, I'm just, I'm not, you know, I don't want to be that guy. Everybody on the advocacy side is probably going, no, don't do that. Hold on a second. If children are going to be involved in the drafting of legislation and damning of people to death through smoking, then they should be opening to questioning by the public. They shouldn't be able to be hidden behind. It's nonsense. They scream, oh, we need to lower the voting age to 16. Okay. Then we need to open the public forum then. They can't be hidden behind. I'm going to come in and speak, and then you're not going to get to, to counter argument and uh, you know have access to me directly because I'm a child, but I'm going to damn you. No, 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 no. That has to stop. Because oh. the problem there is, is that if you're going to give somebody an indestructible shield to hide behind, there isn't a public forum. It's just a dictatorship that is protected by kids. That's Absolutely. what it is. Absolutely. I, I, amen, brother. Amen. I, I, I've been going blue at the face here, uh, you know, not in the show, but offline over the last two days, because it's completely, you can't have it both ways. You nope. can't say that children are so vulnerable 15-year-olds and 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, and they're, they're saying youth now a lot, besides teens, obviously. They've always said youth, but they're, they're inching that up. You can't tell me that a, that a person's brain is still susceptible to brain damage from nicotine until they're 25. Yeah. And, and, and well, th then that means if you're a 24-year-old, you shouldn't be allowed to vote because... That's pretty, I mean, nicotine is really not all that damaging. And so, and there's a lot of it out there and it's a legal product that they can buy in most states, what, 18? So even if it's 21, there's still four years there left of your, you're getting brain damage. They keep moving that age up. It's just so ridiculous. So it's impossible let's, to square the two. Wait, we can make this really simple. If their brain is so easily damaged by nicotine, if their brain is so easily damaged by that, then it has to be so easily damaged by alcohol. Mm -hmm. Then it has to be so easily damaged by marijuana. They're definitely not mentally fit to vote. No because they're way. very easily you know, swayed to one side or the other, depending on who has the more insatiable argument. Oh, then totally. they definitely can't join the military. Then they're definitely too distracted to drive. Where does that end exactly? Where does that well, narrative end? Well, that's that's what end? vapors have to start pushing. That's what every single vapor out there, where you're trying to defend your vaping, one of the ways that you you do that defense is you attack laterally, mm -hmm. and and that's an attack you have to start making. Vapors have to start making that with your next door neighbor, with your family, 
with mm-hmm. your friends. So, so you're saying that we should listen to Greta and it's so great when millions of, of high school kids take the day off and get bust by their, by their teachers off somewhere for their climate change day. And we should be listening to them and, you know, and, uh, you know, Oh, just it's worth There's a word for that, Brent. It's called indoctrination. Well, true. That's what it's called. It's called indoctrination. So you're telling me that you're okay with your child being put on a bus, indoctrinated to 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 stand for something that they don't even really fully understand the issues on, to do someone else's bidding against the people that you know. You're okay with your kid being used as a weapon? I'm not. I, I wouldn't know. let my kids partake in that. I'm sorry. I guess that makes me a monster. Uh, that's okay because <laughs> I am. Well, so pointing out uh, progressive left's hypocrisy is like pointing out the sky's blue. So that's that's kind of the problem here, right? Because they because their argument is that kids are not only indefensible, have no defenses against nicotine. Like literally, that's the argument. Like nicotine is so powerful that once it gets a hold of you, you are screwed, right? And mm. and they'll even make that argument with adults, but you know, particularly with the kids. But but on the other end of it is that they're they're so impressionable that um, a little bit of uh, a, a bubblegum name, named bubblegum, it's named bubblegum. Right? Okay. Oh, it's named birthday cake. Right? Like they're so, un- they are so have no control over their own decision making. Mm-hmm. They've got no control over their understanding about what's right and what's wrong. All of that stuff. Like we're talking like major issues. We're talking today with the amount of media uh, information that's out there about the dangers of vaping, so-called dangers of vaping, with the amount of you know uh, messaging in school, with the amount of parents going apocalyptic, whatever the word is, you know all of that craziness. And if you still have teenagers choosing to pick up you know a device and suck on and get addicted to nicotine, that child either is seriously got behavioral problems or is mentally ill. Yes. And then here's the other aspect of this that you know everybody's afraid to talk about, or they run from it, saying that's a dangerous argument. Not really. We're all, you know, all of us are former smokers. Whenever we saw a truth commercial, campaign for tobacco-free kids commercial, if you're from New Jersey, an NJ Rebel commercial, every time I saw one of those as an underage smoker, the first thing I thought to myself was, yep, every single time you're telling kids that this is so dangerous and so bad you are building the hype train and the cause for it to be what you don't want it to be which obviously they know by now because this isn't a new thing it's almost as if they're determined to continue this cycle of abuse the chains of tobacco addiction by making something so appealing to children through the message that it's not for children Oh, it's almost like here before. True, true. I think they're they've done way more to promote jewel and vaping than anybody else. They're the ones that have made it, you know, look cool. You've look at the, the testimony that the kids did when they were live and they were going, Well, how has the tobacco marketing affected you? And they're like, Oh, you know, when we go in the bathroom, the marketing is there. So these poor kids actually believe that the anti-Jewel marketing is from Jewel and it's targeting them in their bathroom. They're so confused as to what's actually happening that they're just parroting for they're told to. If it sounds like it's bad and it's against them, say it. 
just just do what you got to do make jewel the devil that's what it feels like to me because there's no way anybody sitting in the bathroom looks up at something and goes oh that's a weird place for that who put this in here oh the council for tobacco free kids okay or whoever put it there right you know no they think it's an ad from jewel saying don't vape jewel in school what but that that's a thing that there's there's the disconnect between what they're trying to say they want to achieve and what they are actually trying to achieve are two totally different things well they're a crafty bunch because nobody knows better about why kids decide to do things like smoke than tobacco control because that's where they've been that they've been all the money and research it's all there so so they've got to know that their messaging that you know is it going to be attractive especially because it has been attractive. I, I see, I've never seen a jewel ad in life. Like I've never seen a jewel ad as an animal running wild. Me you neither. Know? I haven't seen one either. I've seen plenty of lawyers trying to sue jewel though. I've seen a lot of that. Whole lot of that. That's sprouted up and is continuing to grow at a rate that I, you know, it was like one or two once in a while. Now I get sent a new one like every day. Every day. It's almost like they're deliberately trying to include jewel in the master settlement agreement. Well, that's been a point that I've been making uh, since the start of this lung illness um, hysteria has been that they're shifting the risk profile and they're killing the virtues of vaping and, and making it basically be as deadly or deadlier than smoking, which is what's happened. And so by doing that, um, they've moved it over into the tobacco risk profile, which will allow them to when they kill the open systems market and they leave just basically the big tobacco, which Jewel is big tobacco, leave those devices left, five or six players left, they can just get rolled into the MSA um, mm-hmm. easily because everybody will understand that because it's as deadly as tobacco. Right. I mean, think about it. When it comes to the master settlement agreement, if they wanted to roll that into that, right? It's not like they could roll the entire vapor, vapor industry into it and we'd be protected. There's way too many small players. They would, it would never be able to be done. So they needed one large major player to do it. And the only one with that kind of money is Jewel. So if you think about it, that's what they're really after. They're after that lost revenue. So if they say, all right, well, Jewel killed all their flavors. That kills our children's narrative. And now we just got to get these menthol and this tobacco rolled up in there and uh, we have everything we need. They're still on the market, which is the plan from the beginning. Right. Think about it. They've demonized vaping so bad that if already snapped in the jewel you're gonna say you know what i'm just gonna keep smoking sure so me, their cash me, cow is good the cash cow is good yeah you're right i mean this this is the play they've got it i mean the democrats have always uh been pushing this i mean there's the 13 senators 11 12 13 senators you know give or take that have always are pushing this with their letters to the fda um with truth and campaign for tobacco free kids and so forth and so it's clear that you know they don't want to work with open systems. They're quite happy with big tobacco because they've mm-hmm. got big tobacco under their thumb. They only want to work with the same players. They have no interest in the mom and pop shop. They don't care about your your small business. They they care about two things: money and votes. That's it. That's all they care about. Let me ask That's you a question. Let me ask you a question, um, and I want to do it before I forget because it's an interesting one, and you are an interesting person, and um, we're in a one of those conversations where I think I can ask this. When, on August 23rd, when um, the national news broke for the first time on the lung scare, 
And I saw the very first news story on it, and it was a national story. It was CBS. And they said vaping-related lung illness. And that mm -hmm. was what CDC had. Tristan, I got to tell you, you know, 30 years of writing, and one of the things when you come into, when we first came into this topic four years ago, you have to do, as a journalist, you have to do a lot of uh, comparing and contrasting the different uses of language across different levels of, of mainstream media and so forth to figure out what are the right terms to use and what's the more technical th stuff that are being used by the regulators and so forth, and you put it together, blah, and you, and you get it. And so, you know, and it's always been a challenge with the vaping topic because vaping's an action, not a thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, there's it's harm reduction or is it quit smoking? You know, is it safe or is it less harmful? You know, all that kind of stuff. And, and then the description in terms of uh, the mortality, uh, morbidity. So you've got, you've got uh, deaths by cancer. And then it's always, so it's always, uh, it's always cancer and smoking related diseases. So they've separated those. And I was always fine with that, but I've had, to, I've had to work that and go, well, why would you separate that? Well, because cancer is a real thing. It can mm -hmm. be measured. And when it's in the lungs, you know, they can, they've got a pretty good idea that's from inhaling of something bad. And if you're a smoker, it's right. a pretty easy one to make. But everything else is just thrown into this catch-all of smoking-related diseases. And then two years ago, when it really became clear to me that Stanton Glantz um, completely fabricated his heart research, heart disease research, which was the linchpin for secondhand smoking, for secondhand, uh, you know, secondhand smoke uh, mortality uh, danger, and which they used. They needed that in order to take civil liberties away from people. They mm -hmm. had to have that. Without it, mm -hmm. they couldn't do it. So when that became clear, and it was actually a Slate article, so when you're reading the left, and when the left is actually, when some, some editor lets a reporter do something, and that was, oops, shouldn't have done that, right? But when you're reading their side, and they're talking about something like that, you know it's true. And so, it's, so the entire secondhand smoke thing is just up in the air. And um, so when I saw vaping-related lung disease, I just had a shudder. and went, smoking-related disease. Yeah. The same, it's went, the exact same play. You're right. So that means how many people really are dying from smoking. And this is going to be a bad, you know, one that with all everybody out there from this community, I'm throwing it out there. And I'm just saying, if you look back, how long has it been that it's always been 480,000 deaths every year in the U.S.? I know it's been at least the four years that I've been covering this. Mm -hmm. I bet you if you go back 10 years, it's still the same number. How, when was the last time that number changed? for how many people die every year in the U.S. Because it's been of a long time. Right, how is, that time. how is that possible? In Canada, it's the same thing. It's the same number. The government and these crooks in the tobacco control mafia use, and then we all use it because, you know, but I think there's not been as many people dying anymore. And they've kept the number the same. And part of the reason why they can be so um, malevolent with this pushback is because they know there's they know it's not as there's not the same death threat from smoking as there used to be, and they've been hiding that from us. Well, of course, because you, in order in order to get what you want, you have to continue the fear mongering. If you just end the fear mongering and they're like, all right, it's not as bad, that entire that entire complex that we talked about earlier starts to shrink, 
and that's not good. That's a lot of money changing hands, a lot of palms being greased. Can't have that. So you got to conflate the numbers. Just like I believe it was you and I were talking about the um, the 2019 or 2018 youth tobacco survey, where they weren't actually holding us to the same standard as they were holding cigarettes to. Correct. With the terms of usage, they're cooking Correct. the numbers in order to create the narrative because the general public won't actually do the homework. And those of us that do come off sounding like a crazy person because we are way too well informed to be that correct on something this nefarious. It's it's a sad state of affairs, but it's the truth. Here's where it gets interesting. If you think about it, if that number is fabricated then all the numbers are fabricated because they're all based off of and centered around that entire argument. All the statistics are based and centered around that argument. And then once they realized that we were onto that, they changed how they named the illness. Right. Because first they came out, it was lipoid pneumonia. They were anticipating that those of us who use this product are going to go, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, 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 what? Hold on a second. What causes that? Breathing in a non-water-soluble fatty substance? Well, it just so happens that all the e-liquid we use is alkaline, so that's not possible. What's going on here, CDC? Next day, after that became like the big rallying cry from the vapor, not just the industry, the community. Mysterious vape illness. Then they gave it its own new name. And now that's attached to anybody that dies of any kind of respiratory issue that's not directly attributed to smoking. It's the delivery method that's getting blamed with vaping death because they can't use the actual term for what it was or what it could have been if it was anything at all which at this point i'm not convinced that that even exists because it disproves the argument that this is what caused it that's the entire linchpin in it is well what are the specific symptoms not the general ones that you're dumbing down for the public to understand. What is the biological symptoms? Like what is literally happening in the lungs to cause this? They give out bogus terms like, oh, there was crystallization. And then it looked like there was carpet in there. And they just keep changing the discussion to make it sound scarier than just saying, mm, lipoid pneumonia? Because right. that's really what it is. <laughs> and you're just making it up as you go because you want to scare people. Right. That, yeah. All right. Well, and they're even going back to previous uh, cases of uh, lung illness and, and investigating whether or not it can be included um, in the death numbers. So they're mm -hmm. going back and trying to pad their numbers that way. CNN did CNN a month ago. Well, over a month ago, I think it was October 4th. CNN does this huge story with this girl that made it uh, that lost her mom. Uh, and and stuff, and the grandmother was being interviewed, and CDC was interviewed, and everything. But but it's an unconfirmed case. <laughs> so so, but oh, still yeah. yet it's still is a national story for CNN, and it's unconfirmed. And it happened before most of the other you know cases happened. So this was a case of the CDC going back and looking at stuff. So just. You know they're just they're just priming the media pump and they're just shoving the stuff through. I mean it's truly propaganda. Oh, it's hundred percent propaganda. I mean, think about it, right? You have something that is unproven, unfounded, and isn't even medically sound, and the media is grabbing it and running with it and screaming it from the rooftops. It's one hundred percent fear marketing. 
fear-mongering. You, you also have the American Heart Association back in 2014 said, we need to convert all the smokers to vapors. This is a beautiful thing. And then I guess somebody somewhere said, hey, listen, you're kind of ruining our plan here. We're going to need you to stop that and say the opposite. And here they are now saying, you know, vaping bad, all vaping bad. Vaping must go. Well, why is that? I thought you were supposed to be, you know, the Heart Association. You know, you're supposed to be, you know, a health org. You're supposed to be, oh, wait, wait. You're a special interest lobbying group. That's right. It's kind of like, let's see, this is the, what I think a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people realize this. The, the American Heart Association, the American Cancer Society, they, they don't, they're not here to do our bidding. They're here to do the bidding someone else. They're not concerned with the American public's health. They're not concerned with anybody's health, really. They're concerned with special interests and making sure those special interests are met and those special interests would be those that provide them with funding. That being said, you also have to look at the media. Well, the media, who are they the mouthpiece for? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty central in most of my dealings in life, but, you know, I'm, I mean, think about it. It's leftist. The American Cancer Society, the American Lung Association and all that dictate the marching orders to the left. The platform is called Our Children, Our Future. It, look into it. If you think I'm making this up, just look into it. That's all cooperated together to create this narrative. And you got to ask yourself, well, why, why would they do this? It's nefarious. It, it's easily proven. You can find it for yourself. Why would they do this? Well, it's quite simple. They want their public dumb. They want them sick. And they want them to depend, be dependent upon them. I mean, if we're healthy and we're well-informed and we're making informed decisions and we're not drones, they can't control us. It's all about control and money. You, they, they must be uh, monitoring our feed because uh, it just was almost impossible to get the website to load. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this is uh, our children, our future that you described. You know, I've not heard of this particular organization. Yeah, yeah, interesting. See, oh, look into that and what that's all about, and you'll find some very interesting things. So this and, is a Canadian organization. Mm-hmm. But it's it does just more than just Canada. Trust me, it's got hands everywhere that extend everywhere. It's multi-pronged. Just look into it, and it's the term "our children, our future." You will see brought up when in regards to the left and their platforms. It's really out there. So it all reverberates around the children on education and all this other nonsense. But at the end of the day, if you look at how things are done around it with regards to what we're talking about, it's it's pretty out there. It almost seems unbelievable. Wow, this is crazy. And there's got a huge uh, focus on daycare. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, daycare is definitely left because it's all about destroying the family, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's more than just this. It's the other things that are tied to it. And not just the org, but the actual foundation of the argument. I'm telling you, look look into that very heavily. Look at where the money comes from. Look at how all of it gets transferred around. It's it's pretty out there. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not surprised because it is it is that completely rotten, right? It, it mm -hmm. literally is uh, all wrapped around the kids. Um, yep. in, in a maniacal almost in indefinitely in a cult-like fashion, right? There's, yep. You can't get around that. No. No. And, and it is about removing children from the family as soon as possible. It, that goes all the way back to Plato and the Republic, yeah. right? Yeah. It's You must get the kids separated from, like, no child should suckle from uh, the mother's breast. It's always mm -hmm. got to be something else. You have to break that maternal bond as soon as possible. 
And um, I mean, it's it's really it's it's really quite it's really quite sinister. No Think doubt. about it. Think about it this way. Look at it. Look at how you know if you, if you if you don't even want to start at the beginning and you want to look at to where all of this leads. Look at how what's happening is going down. Instead of saying, you know, parents need to parent, we need to hold parents accountable, we need to hold people accountable for their own actions, it's, oh, no, don't worry, we'll do it for you. We'll ban the stuff that kids are using. Not cigarettes, though, because we need that money, but, you know, vapor products, yeah, we'll ban that. What about flavored alcohol? Oh, no, 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 that dumbs the populace down. Got to keep that going. It's all centered around destroying what we are as people, free-thinking freedom-loving americans that's what it's about it's about ripping that away and having the people give it up willingly with a smile and applaud the government for it that's what it's about no totally man i i mean that's you're speaking my language on that there's no doubt um on halloween i think i might have mentioned it to you mm -hmm. but i was reminding some of our viewers and for the first time for a lot of them about what happened in North America <laughs> in the 1980 in 1983 through to 1994 the, yep. the in North America there was a mass hysteria at national media level for 12 years um, all about uh, ritual abuse at daycares first starting in uh, the McMartin case in California and then as that kind of exploded wrapped around so many things um, uh, there's a great book called Satan's Silence, which was uh, published in 1995 by um, a left-wing reporter working for the Village Voice, who had been who was very skeptical about all the you know all of these ritual abuse uh, and satanic panics and stuff like that. And uh, her and one of the defense lawyers that was defending these uh, these people. So hundreds of people went to jail, some for the for their whole life for li you know life sentences for being accused and convicted of ritually abusing young children mm -hmm. at their daycares. And it was so big of a hysteria that it spread to Canada. There were yep. daycares in Saskatchewan and British Columbia that all got wrapped up in this. They Although this is missing because they pulled it down off the internet. But Geraldo Rivera did you know, a full hour television show on it, I think in 1989. Um, I, I mean, this is, this is huge. So anyhow, I've got a bunch of stuff on this and I'm glad that you had a little chuckle uh, with that, because people have forgotten this. There, there was an entire industry of social workers, psychologists, media, law enforcement, lawyers. We're talking huge across oh, the yeah. country. Massive. That, that formed uh, in order to uh, service uh, this burgeoning industry. What the uh, authors of Satan's Silence talk about is how it was very much rooted in feminism. Um, because it was, it, it came out of the seventies in the in that movement to really demonize the male husband, right, for abuse of the of the wife, and then of course mm -hmm. then the abuse of the kids, and there was this huge chipping away at the legal system to allow um, to allow uh, kids as young as three to take the stand mm -hmm. and not be cross examined, and these were all. Completely total, you know, uh, uh, contortions of the American legal system that was be so. It was just this constant pressure, and I remember this because in '83 I was 13. I, I was working in television news, literally in 1988. So I had I was seven years at the CBC of the last seven years of this. So I mean, you know, I remember covering this at least, you know, from from up in Canada, and then. <laughs> 
The strangest <laughs> thing here, the strangest thing here is, is that one of the lead people, so the, one of the organizations, the top organization uh, during this whole time was called Believe the Children. Yep. So you're familiar with that. And yes. so that was the mantra was that Believe the Children. So if people think that, um, that Believe All Women was this new thing that this no it started with believe the children <laughs> so and then there was a huge national organization under that name yep. uh, foundation taking money it was the clearing house for all ritual abuse uh accusations for which then the media would go to that one source and get all of its information from believe the children and one of the people that was on the believe the children board is now that is is endowed chair of uh, families and social work at University of Michigan. She's the top, she's been there for 40 years. During the time that this scare was going on, she was already teaching at, at University of Michigan. For 30 years, she's been training social workers and family, uh, in family interventions. And, and so she's one of them. This is University of Michigan is, is where the monitoring your future study comes from, which is what is all of the CDC and FDA's data comes from. Yep. So how many people were corrupted by this hysteria, or not corrupted, they were just a part of it because they're all leftist crazy progressives. And, and as soon as the kind of the, the, the wind down happened, 92, 93, 94, of course, the media immediately just started fully blaming right wing oh, crazy people when, they, when it was them that did it. And yep. then, and that's the story now. If you find anything on it, it was, oh, some crazy right-wing religious people. No, it was the left. It was the progressive left. Just the same people that are hysterical now. And, and some of them still alive, of course. Same yeah. people. You know, they're, not, they're never going to bring that to the surface ever. They want that buried and dead so bad. Oh, so bad. So bad. So and then, bad. And didn't um, the same people that were involved in it, too, didn't that also morph into uh, tobacco control? The same people? Well, that's, what I'm, that's exactly what my argument is. Because... It was because like Janet Reno was prosecuting a whole whack of these crazy, just totally crazy um, cases. And, and she won them, sent people to jail. And then shortly after, she's the attorney general of the United States mm -hmm. in the Clinton administration. And, mm -hmm. and Hillary Clinton's entire program is the children. The village takes a village, not, not individuals, not families. Takes, takes a village to raise a child. Right. And so and the whole tobacco control craziness is from the Clinton administration. Mm -hmm. So there's just no way that tobacco control and, and all of these organizations like lung and cancer, when you look at the boards or the past board members of who was serving on the board, say, 10 years ago, you mm -hmm. look at these people. They are robots. They are shiny suit social justice warriors. You're exactly right. And the sad thing is, is that it's going to continue until someone puts a stop to it. It's not, it's not going to end. They, they have an agenda and they will do whatever it takes to push that agenda forward, no matter the cost. They, and, and, and they are so brazen in how they do it. They act, you know, the way that it's actually panned out, it's almost like they're counting on it sounding too crazy to be true so that nobody will touch it. That's the whole goal of it is to make touching it and being the counter voice, the counter argument to be so toxic and detrimental to one's political career that if we don't do it ourselves, it's not going to happen. Look, at the end of the day, when it comes down to it with as far as vaping goes, no one is going to save you. You have to get up and save yourself. That's as simple as I can put it. If you're not going to stand up and fight for yourself, 
don't expect someone else to do it because it's not going to happen. It's going to literally take every single vapor that exists now or ever will. In fact, smokers should be in on this too. We should bring every smoker into the fold saying, hey, it's not even about health at this point because they've made that narrative so toxic. It's about freedom of choice as an adult. Who are you to tell me what I can and cannot buy and use in this day and age? You can't say that people are uninformed. We're in the information age. That's 2019. You can find literally anything you want to know about something on the internet. And 800 sources stating either something pro or something con on anything. It's impossible to not make an informed decision today. It's impossible. So who is the government to tell me what I can and cannot buy because it doesn't suit their end? That's, That's not my problem. I, didn't, I wasn't involved in the creation of the Master Settlement Agreement. I didn't vote on it. I wasn't involved in the creation of tobacco control. I didn't have a say in it. Nobody did. Only the powers that be did. Them and the special interest group. So who are these people? They don't speak for me. So where does my voice come into play? Oh, that's right. Personal choice. Personal freedom. And if somebody in elected office has a problem with that, well, then I think it's time to take it to the election booth and stop voting straight down party lines. Find out... Does this person actually represent my interest? Vote policy, not person. I know that sounds completely insane, but that's what needs to start happening. Because if it doesn't, we're going to continue the cycle of abuse that we're in, and it's never going to end. No, I totally agree. Well, Tristan, thank you so much for uh, coming on tonight and uh, not only filling us in a bit, but sharing uh, some rant with us. This is the last part of the show. It was a good old rug rant. Of course. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. Well, that's it for uh, this edition of RegWatch, everyone. And before you go, we didn't do it tonight, but uh, please go to support.regulatorwatch.com. Take a moment, dig into that old you know, pocket, find a few dollars and toss them over to us. We need the help because we are definitely funded by you guys. We answer to our viewers and obviously our viewers are in the industry too as well. But we're very happy that uh, we've been growing the RegWatch family and that's been freeing us uh, to get a bit more populist in our coverage. And I love it. So please do go to support.regulatorwatch.com and contribute today. And before you go, please like us on Facebook and do follow us on Twitter. For regulatorwatch.com, I'm Brent Stafford. All right, there we go.